Welcome, this is Anastasia Uglova with Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 21st. A Washington Post article this week drew attention to some ridiculous rules in schools across the country, such as a middle school in Virginia's Fairfax County that enforces a strict ban on any touching or contact between students. That means no hugs, no high fives, no pats on backs, and certainly no putting your arm around your girlfriend's shoulders during recess. I asked education policy analyst Neil McCluskey about the no contact trend in this podcast. This no contact rule at uh, a school in Virginia where a student got in trouble for putting his arm around his girlfriend during lunchtime kind of read like a story from The Onion. Uh, did you get that impression? It definitely reads like a story from The Onion, but it doesn't read all that different from stories that we hear from around the country almost every day about schools that have rules, kind of like no touching, but they're more generally it's the zero tolerance rules where just recently there was a child who brought in a plastic knife that his mom put in his lunch to help him put cream cheese on his bagel, and he got suspended for bringing a knife to school. And so this sort of craziness is all too common, at least anecdotally, where schools set down rules that might be well-intended, but they take them to absurd heights where they sort of throw out common sense and they say, well, here are the rules, here's what the regulation says, and we're going to follow it, the letter of the law, precisely, no matter how little logical sense it might make. But why is this rule and rules like it in place at all? It looks like schools are just paranoid about avoiding any liability. Well, certainly liability is one of the reasons. I mean, no school wants to get sued, and there is a constant fear among teachers and principals and other school employees that they're going to get sued about something that they did or failed to do. So that's part of it. A bigger part of it, though, is that public schools are political institutions, and they respond to things in a political way, which is often the public gets heated about a crisis or something that's just happened, and they demand instant satisfaction. So a lot of these kind of rules really came to the fore after Columbine in 1999. And school districts around the country said, well, we have to have zero tolerance of any sort of infractions and misbehavior. Otherwise, we could have a terrible situation like happened in Columbine. And so they said, there's no more gray area. We have to make sure that there are these zero tolerance rules in place so that nobody is ever in any danger. And it's because that's what parents demanded as soon as they saw what happened to Columbine. They said, we don't want it happening in our school. Essentially, they overreacted. And so it's not that there's even bad intentions behind this. The kid with the butter knife could conceivably hurt somebody with it. Or you could give an overenthusiastic high five, I suppose, or hug someone too hard, or even an unwanted hug, and someone could get mad. So as absurd as the heights are that these sorts of zero-tolerance things are taken, you can sort of see why they're there. They might not be good, and they might be illogical reasons why they exist, but they are there for ultimately what are reasons people can sort of understand and identify with. But look, erasing gray areas like this also erases the chance that students will learn to use their common sense about what is and isn't appropriate among their peers. 
That's definitely part of the problem is you don't know where you can draw the line. And if you have these zero tolerance policies where essentially nothing is permitted, the kids don't necessarily learn what is the appropriate way to interact with other people their age, what will be accepted, how will other people react to it. And that's definitely a problem. But even though so many of these things seem so extreme, we do have to realize that there is another side to this that is not totally without rationality behind it, which is that not just looking at something like Columbine, but looking at a lot of schools where there's almost anarchy and constant crime and kids getting seriously injured, you almost can understand why schools would have a zero tolerance policy, even if it hurts the kids in the long run, their ability to socialize and work with others, because many parents are just afraid their child won't come home, or at least won't come home in one piece from many schools. So the real question is, how do you balance that? Well, why enforce across-the-board bans when you can just focus on the schools where they are experiencing problems? Well, that's ultimately the problem. When you have a zero-tolerance policy, you impose it on everybody equally, whether they need it or not. And so the solution to this is to allow parents to choose the schools that their kids go to based on the needs of their children and the concerns of the parents. And so a parent who might have their public school or local public school might be a very dangerous place. And that's their number one concern is getting their child to safety. They might choose very reasonably a nearby school if they had school choice, where one of the primary focuses is to have strict discipline and very strict rules. And that could be extremely important in a place where maybe there aren't a lot of rules and there's a lot of anarchy and there's a lot of crime and kids really are getting seriously hurt. But The flip side of this is there are a lot of kids who might not need a lot of structure or where these sort of dangers aren't real. I mean, they're not a constant presence in the school, and this zero tolerance ends up hurting the children more than helping them. Well, parents in that sort of situation should be able to choose a school where there are fewer rules, fewer regulations, and there's more ability of children and administrators to sort of apply common sense to different situations rather than very strict, cut-and-dry sort of iron laws about how the kids behave. So it really has to be up to parents who know the situation for their schools and their kids' needs and what they respond to, to choose schools. And some will choose schools that have zero tolerance policies, and some will choose other kinds of schools. And when you have choice, then you have the most efficient and effective allocation of schools where the people who need a particular kind of rule structure can get it. Thank you, Neil. And thanks for listening to Cato Daily Podcast. For more information, check us out on www.cato.org.